Hi everyone, this is Lorenzo Anselmo from Omega Bond Watches. And this is Luke Taggart from Bond's Department. And you're listening to the Blunt Instruments Podcast. What's up, Paisan? How you doing? <laughs> so casual. <laughs> Just so like casual Hi, nowadays. Hi, guy. It's like we're on the phone. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> Nothing what's going on with you. Nothing. Driving. Cool. You? Driving. Cool. You working today? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> if perfect. people can see your face, you're like, perfect. Yeah. 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 No, I'm so good, man. Thanks for, uh, thanks for asking. Uh, just yeah. uh, been... Getting back into the grind of things, you know, with work. I know it works kind of this month's gonna be a little slower than the last previous last like previous work year. wise or just in work general? wise, yeah. We've been getting hammered. Convention business has been very heavy. Mm-hmm. You know, and July tends to slow down a little bit for us. I mean, not as slow as I remember, but slow enough where I can have a conversation with you on a work night. So yeah, same. that's nice. Yeah. But what about you, man? Off. I took oh, the week off. Yeah, oh, we nice. kind of like with shutdown, you know, in the automotive industry, like it's usually in the middle of the summer to change over machines and stuff on for the, the engineering for the side. Models. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So obviously like corporate, it doesn't necessarily affect me, but they kind of like encourage you to take time off. So I was just like, fuck it. Hey, this is this is when you can take your PTO. Yeah. Hey, hey, um, <laughs> I know you have a bunch of PTO. And you're saving it for your wedding, but maybe you should take a week now. You're gonna, you gonna know, can you use it? it now. Yeah, but whatever. So just been chilling, playing a little golf, talking nice. to you. You know, S- speaking of PTO, I just put mine in for your wedding. So nice. they didn't December deny it yet. So that's <laughs> a that's yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but it hit it hit their inbox, and I could tell I could feel them cringe mm-hmm. as as it hit the inbox, like. It was, uh, I think, like the back end of the year. There's, there's like literally probably five days every month from September till the end of the year. So, if if people were to say if there was a good cop, bad cop on our podcast, I think I would be good cop and you would be bad cop. One hundred fair to say. I love being heavy. If 100%. they were to deny that, you would see a side of me on that fucking phone that you <laughs> probably be incre- you probably be like you know what let's go right back to the brick like, in that same bedroom you guys have done fucked up i'm gonna sick my boy on you now he's gonna you kill him fucked up fuck i'm gonna you thinking <laughs> um oh, that's not is, gonna happen but no this this is funny though because like we never really talk about work stuff 
Like, so it's, it is kind of interesting. That Privately, we do. Privately, we do. Yeah, but, but I mean, like, on here. So it gives another shade of us and our regular lives. Yeah. Outside yeah. of James Bond. And I'm sure people are sick and tired of me, like, pumping up Tom Cruise. So. Well, that's funny because that. this episode. No. <laughs> <laughs> this episode, part four. <laughs> I mean, how do you not? How do you? Why I can't even go do down. we not cast Tom Cruise as James Bond? Seriously. Seriously. <laughs> I bet his English accent's terrible, but. Dude, that guy can do everything. I was going to say that. I was going to say that. Um, this episode, so eventually we'll talk about, because you and I both haven't finished the GoldenEye documentary, Golden Era, it's called. Yeah, you know, this is new. Um, I didn't even know about it until you told me about yeah, it. Yeah, it's brand new. I'm shocked it's not circulating more, but it it literally came out end of June in the UK. Um, I think you can get it, you know, Amazon, Google, or whatever, but only their UK sites. And then the actual um, production company behind it, it's on their site. But we'll get into that probably our next episode. I'm assuming we'll both have watched it, but. This episode, you and I have both started watching it, and I told you I had an episode idea because um, even half half hour into this documentary, the ideas were kind of flowing about how things used to be for Bond and how they are now, and then kind of just an overall look, you know, post-Cubby, Broccoli era, and, you know, and not an in-depth thing, but my my i was watching it you know and like i told you earlier david and i talked last week he asked me what i thought about the uh two years away from production barbara broccoli's you know kind of coy answer whatever and i know you and i are on the same page with that both not surprised at all like completely truly like exactly on par with what i thought um Maybe there was a, a slight part of me that thought maybe they'd announce an actor this year because it's a 60th. But for my first topic of the episode, and I guess I got a couple, but they all intertwine. As far as the 60th anniversary goes this year, do you feel they've done anything special whatsoever to celebrate 60 years of this character? Um, I think so. It's been very just kind of lingering it hasn't mm-hmm. really been there but i mean i think in my head it it doesn't really officially start until october okay so wouldn't the full year of the 60th be october through the next october see i think i think normally you would think that but i don't think that's how they were going to do it is it i was under the impression that's how it's done but I could if be that is, I hope. But you know, at the same time, it's like if Dr. No came out in 62 and you know, we're in 2022 or whatever, you know, I don't know if my math is right, it's got to be, <laughs> but it's like you know, you can get away with celebrating it all 2022. Okay, so when's the 60th or the 61st year of 2023, right? Yeah, so it would be October 5th. 2023 so technically the 60th anniversary would start in october this year and then roll through till next october right right. so maybe i don't know i'm like i'm really trying to help you on out here (laughs) i don't know i mean but no it's been very far and few between i I agree with that this is going to be an eon punishing episode 
that's what we do here. So <laughs> buckle up. Even if even if for some reason and oddly enough, how I'm using this term again in the next in the in the same five minute span, I used it off air and now I'm gonna use it on air. If I'm bad cop today and you're good cop, that might make something interesting. But I am I'm gonna lay into Eon in this episode pretty okay, hard. So naturally I will be good cop because <laughs> that's just the way it works if you're being the heavy i, I, I mean but if i can you. get you to agree with me we always pretty much agree on everything so i mean we i'm can all about i'm all about speaking i'm all about speaking my position and just being transparent okay all right whether so, it aligns with you or not because i think that's good radio here right okay <laughs> well let's let's go back to it just hypothetically you know it is the 60th year year necessarily i won't so you know and even i'm thinking like the the bahamas event like i don't think that had anything to do with eon i think it had to do with that book launch you know so it's like do you wish they have done more so far because the year's half over over half over this is very like complex because in one hand yes of course i'm a bond fan i i absolutely enjoy any sort of news or products or anything to get the like, you know, engine, you know, rumbling. Mm-hmm. But I think with how things kind of ended with no time to die and all that stuff, I would not be surprised if Barbara and Michael are just taking a minute. Like, right. You know, that would be like my guess. And, I'm sure they have things cooking. I'm sure there's things like they're going to happen, but I really don't anticipate it being this huge thing, but I could be wrong, you know, like could be, you know, who knows, but it just doesn't, I don't know. It's just been eerily quiet. Yeah. So my argument to the taking a minute thing, Mm -hmm. no time to die was supposed to come out in 2019. (laughs) So they've well. If you really want to push it, yeah. But 2020 is probably more realistic. Yeah. But yes, I agree with you on that. So 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 for me, it's like the the film's in the can, right? It's done, it's edited, everything's done. I mean, I remember them on Good Morning America out in the cold. Remember that when they're sitting in the director's chairs? Yeah, yeah. That was in December. Right. So it's like, you know, they were already starting to promote it. You know, even I think Colbert was like, you've been on this show twice to promote the same film. You know, it's like no point in time did they start to kick the idea around of who should be next and what's the story. I mean, I'll put it to you this way. And I know you're going to I know you're going to agree with me on this portion. Mm -hmm. You and I are the same where if we get in like bond fatigue or in a rut with YouTube, Instagram podcast, like if you and I get on a call and start talking about bond or if you're talking to kyle or david or whoever and you just or doctor knows on tv or or you're playing golden i64 or something or maybe even just watching mission impossible something something starts to kind of get the 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 gears turn and you're like you know what i've kind of got a creative idea let's try to do something with it you don't think in in all this time that's gone by since that film has been done they've ever had just like a little bit of an inkling to like maybe for once be ahead of schedule with something. <laughs> um, maybe this so, should be a video just so everybody can see your face. I mean, You're making faces. I don't think I've ever seen. <laughs> I've just, I mean, I got, I I'm, I'm one beer in now and I normally don't drink when we do these things. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, then I do. 
Let's make that two. Nice. Oh, ASMR. I'm, I'm going. I'm going yeah. old school here. I got the Budweiser out now, so I'm gonna yeah. get real ratchet real quick here. There you are. Um, no. So here's my thing. Yes, I feel that way. Like if it was normal, like say they just delayed the movie because Daniel like broke his leg, and then you know Daniel like broke his shoulder or like whatever. Like that would have been one thing. But I think the anxiety of having this film on the shelf and you get that check, you get that invoice every month for, Hey, that's a million dollars in interest. Every time you don't put this shit out Mm -hmm. to do that for a year and a half, I would be pretty, I would be pretty on edge. I wouldn't give a shit about the next film. I'm like, God, I'm trying to get this film out, you know, like, you know, and I just think, (laughs) I think there was a part of Barbara that thought Daniel might come back one more time. Oh, probably. She's, I, I think she yeah, wasn't okay. like, you know, I don't think she was riding the whole, you know, He's I mean, until that. they finished the film, you know, there's always a chance he wouldn't die. But I mean, they committed to it. So who knows? You know, when it was on the shelf, they could always change the ending. You know, there's rumors they changed some things. Yeah. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But I do agree with you, like 100%. It's like, what? like you you just didn't take that time to like start like kind of scouting out you know and it might be the concept of they're pretty set on like we want to take a break to let daniel's time kind of like slowly fade away right that i understand yeah but i do find it very challenging that now we have two not one but two mission impossible films coming mm-hmm. and there, like for me, it's you know, there's the, the reason I really do enjoy that franchise is because it's to me, it's just a different version of Bond done a different way, you a know. Lighter. Like, yeah, it, it's an American version of Bond, basically, you know, with different rules. And I think that's I think that's great, you know. So I I love film, I love spy franchises, like whether it's you know, mainstream or not. Like there's this new um movie out that I can't think of the name of it. It's like right there on the tip of my tongue, but it's got Chris Pine in it. Oh and, yeah, the, um, all the old knives. All the old knives. Yeah, mm-hmm. I haven't even finished yet. I've only gotten like Fantastic. a quarter of the way in, but I was like, "Ooh, yeah, this Fantastic. is the kind of espionage movie I kind of like." And, I love the fact that it takes place in a restaurant the entire time. Just oh, two people that. having a conversation. I didn't know that. Don't wreck any more, please. Well, I mean, you saw you you've gotten far enough in to see them at the restaurant, right? They're at the restaurant, but I didn't know they were there for the whole thing. But oh, well, I mean, not necessarily, but right. But the, the, the whole like story recapping. is going. Yeah. yeah, the whole story is being told at this restaurant. So, mm-hmm. and there's this weird feeling of what's going on. Anyway, I right. Chris Pine, I think, would be a great secret agent or a good a good bad guy. I just yeah. feel like he could play a really good bad guy. Him or like even Chris Evans. I think that mm-hmm. would be a good little ma- like American matchup. He is apparently a bad guy now because they cast him as Buzz Lightyear. Everybody's all fucking pissed off that they didn't cast I him. Ellen. I actually liked it. I thought, you know, all the all the like political bullshit aside, like I actually enjoyed the film and I'm a huge Buzz Lightyear fan. I was especially in, in I was especially um surprised by how they made the connection between the I characters. haven't seen it yet. I haven't even seen I it. I won't yet, wreck it for you, but, but I was very impressed with how they did it. Yeah. But I digress. I'm getting off subject here. But as far as like the what's been going on in the delays and all this shit and like them not having someone prepared, it's just like maybe you know this is just me playing devil's advocate. Maybe they just don't like the options right now. 
I mean, yeah, that's, you know, that could be, that could definitely be it, you know, and maybe there's someone they have in mind that's just a little too young. You know, I think a lot of the players that people have been mentioning, they're going to age out by the time this film's ready to go into production. Like right. I just, I don't see you taking someone in their late forties and starting their career as bond then. Like, I just don't No, I think that would be a mistake, you know? And then there's the whole talk about the period piece thing where you're like, you know, doing the sixties. And I'm like, I don't think that is, <laughs> I think that's the last thing that needs to happen right now. You know, like yeah. we're trying to attract a younger, a younger demographic. It, it's so specific when you start doing like us as fans would really enjoy it because of the books and the history and all this. If you don't know jack shit about James Bond, why in God's name would you want to see a period piece? Mm -hmm. Why? And then how do you how do you continue a story? Then you've got a, an actor you've got to just do nothing but period pieces with. Exactly. So it's just like I think, I think the the, the magic combination here is standalone mission, original mm -hmm. story, make it modern as shit, gadgets. and gadgets do like. I think they need to play with the equation a little more. You know, mm -hmm. I don't think this whole like dramatic, like super serious tone is really playing anymore. Yeah. I think, it, I I think everything across film has gotten too dark and they need to find that balance between escapism, action, enjoyment, and you know, that, that leave the theater feeling like the good guy wins, mm -hmm. you know? So like, let me ask you this. We both started watching the golden eye documentary. And of course, Goldeneye, not even in a biased sense, is one of the best games of all time. In this documentary, they literally say there's pre-Goldeneye and post-Goldeneye, right? Because and that's not even just the way the game is. That's technologically speaking, like the advancements they made and blah blah blah. But the point I'm making is the only reason that game was made was because in that time frame, it was standard marketing practice for a big budget film to have a game accompany it but it's like rare the video game company that made it it was a bunch of british guys like in outside of london that were all bond fans like they flat out say it in there like we want to be bond you know what i mean so they made it what it is hmm. and it's like now we're in the 60th anniversary we've not only been we've gotten that teaser i don't know if it was last year or this year with that you know that like last 10 year, second of, clip of a game yeah end of last year yeah, so I don't know what that is, but then it's like there's also what I told you about where Xbox has recently added new achievements for a GoldenEye game. So it's like the only reason people know a GoldenEye game is coming, whether it's a remaster or whatever, is because Xbox is preparing for it, not because Eon's released anything. Like as a fan, that's frustrating. Do you agree with that? So... Just so I understand, you're frustrated because you feel like the transparency isn't there versus like well, we're getting information of, from other sources, right? Other than right. official it's like, sources. Yeah, like the whole the whole point is just you know it stems from the 60th anniversary thing. It stems a little bit from the news that it's two years at least until production starts. But it's like like you said, Mission Impossible. They filmed two movies at once. But it's like Lord of the Rings did that. Like how many years ago now? Harry Potter yeah. did that. Yeah, but you got to remember, 
they offered the rumor was they offered Daniel Craig to do that, and he said, "No way in hell." Right, but you know, and he's also a producer and all this shit, and he's like a fucking curmudgeony bastard. <laughs> Even though I love him to death, but it's like you know what I mean. But it's like the point I'm trying to make is, why isn't there any sort of like, you know, it's 60th anniversary that you could be releasing a game this year. There's no way they're releasing a fucking game. Nobody knows anything about it. You could you be know, doing something. Why aren't you doing it? Here, here's a concept to kind of like just maybe get you thinking of the way I'm kind of looking at it. Maybe maybe Barbara and Michael are just tired. <laughs> I, I, you know, I of, agree completely. Of, of Bond, you know, and like... Then booting. I mean, it's a big undertaking, and it's not booting them, no. It's okay, them, it's them, it's them, like, just kind of saying, like, do we want to... I think they are at a point where they're like, do we want to continue to be the ones in charge of this, or do we move on with, you know, passing the torch? Which you know? I think they should do. Uh, I, I think... I think they should get different people involved around them. I think... Yeah fresh ideas fresh faces could really invigorate them to create like it's almost like when we when we like sit down and we talk to each other like off the pod and we talk about how oh you know like i'm struggling with this you know with my page or i'm struggling with this with a video like whatever like we have a camaraderie you know we have a we have a friendship where we kind of like lean on each other in those moments of like you know you know, you're, you're dealing with adversity or you're dealing with, you know, writer's block or like creative block or like whatever you want to call it. And you just, you know, you need inspiration or you need that, you know, that pat on the back or like whatever it might be that gets you going, you know? And I know for me, I, I need for, for, for me personally with Cassandra knows this about me. I really thrive on her acknowledging something i do that is that i spend a lot of time working on mm-hmm. like that that's something that like really helps carry my um my enthusiasm my creativity and for me it's a balance so there's days where i just get up and i'm like i don't even want to look at instagram and then there's days where i get up and i just want to spend all day on instagram so it really just depends on mm-hmm. what's going on in my life like i have a life outside of this obviously but if I'm going to be creating or I'm going to be involved, like I want to make sure I'm not like overdoing it. Right. You know, there's almost like there's a healthy amount of like output and intake that I think should exist for everyone. And for you, you should know what that is. Some people, they'll just take in, take in, take in, take in, and you know, they don't want to create. And then right. other people, I want to create, create, create. And then there's nothing that you want to take in. And then there's the bounce between both and so for me it's i think i understand the situation they could be in they've been doing this just the two of them along with you know their team that they've had around them for nine films and it's just like at some point you know when do you just kind of say like we've done this or where do we go now you know it's not like they can just go out and make any movie they want they do have parameters they have to work within to make this character be relevant for the time we're in. And mm-hmm. I'll be honest with, with the direction of things right now, like bond is definitely against the grain. If they were to stick with the original equation, 
So right. now here you are trying to reinvent a character that's been around for 50 plus years. And it's, it's difficult to really find his foothold and still keep the, the things you enjoy about the character without, I mean, alienating him. So it, it's mm-hmm. just, th- there's all different aspects to it that you got to look at. But right. I mean, for me, it's just like, I think fresh ideas, fresh faces would be very, very good for their creative process Yeah. at the end of the day. Okay. Well, my last topic. Well, wait, wait, wait. I want to know. I want to know. Okay. So that was my take. It was definitely against what you said, but does that change your ability on, on or your thoughts on how you look at it now? Or does it like well, make it, you it think piggybacks, differently? It piggybacks into my next topic. My final okay. topic was, you know, it, it kind of, it's a little bit along the lines of the, um, I'm losing my train of thought here. Like, what I talked about the, I mean, and you kind of touched on it too, like getting the creative ball rolling, getting the juices flowing, whatever. But it's like, if you look at something, like if you're Barbara and Michael and you see not even mission impossible, but just like what's going on with the Avengers or what, what they're doing with star Wars. Do you not look at it and think, you know, maybe we should pass this along to somebody kind of like Favreau that is just so passionate about this character that they can kind of rejuvenate this character, reinvigorate this character, even if they're still attached. You know, someone like George Lucas, he's not attached. He's sold it, done. But it's like, even if they're still involved somehow, but they just let somebody else take the reins who's just unbelievably passionate. Because one thing I I think you and I will agree on is I don't think Barbara and Michael really have their ear to the ground when it comes to what the fans want to see. I really don't think they do. And I don't know if that's like a lack of care or a burnout or kind of like, you know, I mean, you know, like someone like Pierce Brosnan, he gets the script. He's like, yeah, I like it. Let's do it. Daniel Craig, if he doesn't like the script, you're rewriting it. You're hiring people. You're firing people. You're hiring actors. You're firing actors. You're doing all kinds of shit, changing. You know what I mean? He's heavy handed for good or for bad, whatever you want to say. Mm-hmm. But it's like if you hire somebody who's just like got is just a true fan and knows, you know, I think a lot of us in this community agree on a lot of things we would like to see in the next one. I, I, I haven't heard a single person say like, oh, let's do a long story arc again. Let's kill Bond off again. You know, we want to see individual missions. We want to see a younger Bond. We want to see gadgets. We want to see action. We want to leave the theater feeling like we're leaving Top Gun Maverick. Right. Like, cause there's no higher high than that fucking movie. So it's like, what's the best way to do so? Then what's a better way to do so than hiring a true fan to take the helm? Would you agree? I mean, I don't think, I don't think them not being involved is going to help. I think they can still be involved, but get a fresh face and, and new writers. I mean, new I think writers. I think I think new blood, an infusion of new blood would would definitely help. I think their involvement that will never change. This is their baby, and that's you know it's their way or the highway. I mean, mm-hmm. we all know that. Like, there's no, you know, or if they trust someone, that's who they're going with. You know, there's a lot of loyalty in in the way they do things. If you just look through how things have gone 
through the last three decades. Right. You know, and I mean, even when with, with Pierce, like, think about it. They had him making films, successful films. He was ready to do a fifth film. It wasn't a lack of him not wanting to do it. And they literally said to him, like, look, we can't continue on this path we're on because we don't know what to do with it. They've, they, they literally said that in the documentary, you know, like mm-hmm. we don't know, we don't know what to do. And they needed to position themselves to like, kind of like follow the trend. And it wouldn't have made, dude, it would have been really weird to see Pierce, like do a film that was like a Craig film. Think oh, about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It would just be like this, like it would almost be more damaging than anything. I'm not saying that Pierce couldn't do a great film like that, but I think it was more or less like, Hey, we've seen you do this, the character and build him one way. And then you're just going to go and just make this like standalone film that has like this completely different tone, completely different like way of you acting, you know, as James Bond, I think that would have just been too much for the fan base to handle. And it would have just, you know, Mm it would have created like a lot of doubt. Do you think that, I mean, we've both discussed this many times, but you agree like the born thing kind of really reshaped the direction, but it's like, you know, I get the dark night, obviously. Right. I get I get at first thinking like, well, shit, you know, look how great Bourne is. The I mean, because those films are fantastic. And I'm talking about the first three, right? Not this mm-hmm. latter two. Mm-hmm. But it's like at the same time. If you're so like, I'll give them credit. You that was a very good point you made. That's them noticing a change. I mean, like we have to keep up with this. We have to, you know, we just made the most money we've ever made in a film. But we have to change or we're going to drown. But if you look at a no time to die type film compared to a mission impossible film, that's like comparing essentially kind of like a born film to an eye another day. Cause die another day is the fun action packed, a little absurd version and the born supremacy or identity would be like the more serious, realistic kind of darker version. So it's like the two can coexist, you know, because No Time to Die, 80 something on Rotten Tomatoes or whatever, did very well. But of course, some people have their grievances with certain things. But then a Mission Impossible film is still like kind of a fun, more upbeat, action packed, like, you know, you feel great leaving the theater where it's like born. Like, of course, you feel great leaving the theater. It was a good movie, but you're not like on some like action packed high because there's a, a storyline to it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, at the same time, you know, they've they've like gone with the times, you know, almost flipped. Like they were they were like out there and kind of like you know kite surfing in a tsunami while Born was like super realistic, and they were like shit, we have to change with this. But then it's like now they're getting to the point where they're as dark as humanly possible because they've literally killed off the character. But then their competitors are back to like you know, gadgets and like kind of out there stunts and, you know, comedic relief throughout the films. You know what I mean? It kind of like flip flop. You catch my drift? That lose you? No, you, I, you got me. I'm just, I'm listening to what you're saying. And it's just like, so like, I'm trying to hold on to my thoughts because it's a very extended question you're asking here. I'll, I'll ask it in a simple, simple, simple way. So you've got die another day versus born. Die Another Day is action-packed, not super serious. Born is action-packed, but dark. 
So then Bond's like, all right, we're going to go to that because that's the move. Okay. Now I remember, here we are. I remember what I was going to say now. Yeah. Go ahead. I think my thing is, is, you know, after hearing all that, right? I agree with it. There's no disagreement in what you're stating. It's an incredible point. I, I think, I think <laughs> what I would like to see versus what we're getting is instead of reacting to everything, I want to see them proactively going down their own path. Mm-hmm. Stop trying to read what everyone's doing and figure out what the market is and just go do your own damn thing. Right. And and march to the beat of your own drum and make a film that is the film you want to make. Yeah. Do not worry about everyone else. You Bond know, will be relevant to the people that it's relevant to. And right. the way you are tr- attract more people is by making great films. And to yeah. make a great film, you have to try to be original. Top Gun was successful because A, they had a huge time period in between films. Number one. Two, mm-hmm. the callbacks were not over the top. There were callbacks. There were some they didn't use. There were some they did. But they fit it into the storyline, so it was part of the story, and it wasn't like, oh, well, we're just putting this here because, well, a real fan will know what this is or, right. you know, like whatever the fact. And it wasn't too much to distract or to kind of like cover up a hole in, in a storyline. Like, and here's the other thing we got. Everyone has to remember this. This is this is their first attempt at a story arc. And I don't know if it was ever meant to be a story arc from the beginning. They claim it was. I uh, call BS. Yeah. Like like yeah. the Daniel Craig era. I, I call right, BS because right, right. you have Casino Royale. You have Quantum of Solace, which is a direct, you know, sequel to that film. And then you go to Skyfall. Like, what? Like, like mm-hmm. it, it just doesn't. That jump right there doesn't make any sense. And then you, like we've talked about, you get Spectre and it's like this big shiny new toy. And it's like, they just couldn't resist. It's like, dude, just hold on to that for the next guy. It'll give you something to work with. They had to do it. They just had to bring Spectre in. And mm-hmm. I, I I don't blame them because like, honestly, I would probably do the same thing if I was in their shoes. Cause I'd just be so pumped to get something back. That's so iconic, but you have a storyline. You created something with Daniel that you should have just kept going with it. You should have just saw it all the way through. But I really feel like the big, the big glaring thing in, 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 in this sequel or not sequel in this, this film, arc is skyfall if you remove skyfall and you just shift everything over it makes more sense it really does Mm -hmm. if you get skyfall out of there it makes more sense because then it goes from oh you know like this secret organization and then it's like boom you're inspector the whole tie-in with selva doesn't make any sense the only thing that wouldn't make sense continuity wise is the whole concept of m being there and i gotta credit uh kyle barbeau from easy smiles and expensive watches for this one because he was talking about this and he said how you know if you put specter before skyfall it makes it a better it makes everything make more sense and it really does the more i thought about the more i marinated on that concept the more i was like you know what he's right mm-hmm. you know daniel Curry plays his a lot younger in specter than yep. he does in skyfall yeah, and so it's just kind of like, well, the hair, you know. man, it's the hair. <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> the hair. <laughs> it's the tight suits. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. No, um, it, it just, you, I just feel like there is just so much. Like, okay, we're gonna do this, and then we're gonna do this, and then we're gonna do this, and then we're gonna do this. Instead of just saying like, look, we're doing a story arc. 
it's going to be this many films and this one needs to happen that's why marvel was so successful they literally laid out their game plan yeah so if they're going to do another story arc which i don't mind if they do it's just know where you're going and you have to stick to it and stick to it no matter if what it sucks no matter what everyone knows freaking thor 2 was horrible terrible film mm-hmm. like hate it but guess mm-hmm. what it was it was a film that had to be made to further a plot point which i'm sure will play into this i don't even think i've ever made it through the second thor if natalie portman wasn't it i wouldn't have oh agreed (laughs) agreed so it's just like you got to kind of look at it that way and i think i think they learned some lessons here you know with this with this kind of approach and who knows maybe they'll go back to individual missions Maybe they'll do a story, you know, a story piece on the 60s. I don't know. But all I'm saying is, is if you're going to do something that's connected throughout someone's tenure, you need to make sure that you stick to your guns and you stick to the story. Do not, do not, do not bail because one's not successful. I really feel like if Quantum was fully baked and they got the right amount of time to make it and there was no strike, this whole thing would have gone down differently. One one thing I will say too is COVID didn't help as far as well. You know what? Not just COVID. There was there's been a lot of things politically that have gone on during Craig's tenure that have kind of changed the dynamic of a film. It, it you know what I mean? And it's kind of like there was a point in time when a born type film was what people wanted to see, and it's like. What's strange about it is Mission Impossible, the original, is probably like one, two, and three are probably darker than four, five, and six. You know what I mean? Because they've gotten more action packed, they've gotten more fun. You got the whole squad around, you've established like a crew, a cast. You know what I mean? Like it, one, one, there was parts in one where it was kind of like a little, like, you know, kind of freaked me out as a kid. You know what I mean? Like when that chick's getting shanked by the gate and stuff. You know what I mean? Like there's, you know, but it's like they've gone in the direction where they're like, you know what? And you've said it and I'll give you full credit. Tom Cruise wants asses in the seats and he wants people having a great time at the theater. But it's like. Give the people what they want. Right. And it's like, I think, unfortunately, for Craig's Bond, so much shit has gone on in the last five years politically. You know, you've got Me Too, you've got Black Lives Matter, you've got COVID, you've got all these political shit, Donald Trump, whether you're pro, against, you know, whatever. But it's like there's been protests and mass shootings and all these terrible things going on. And it's like people want to go to the theater and walk out excited. And it's like when you see No Time to Die, you're gutted. So it's like they went down a path where 15 years ago, with Casino Royale, people were like, this is fucking awesome. Like, they've reinvented this character, and I'm here for it. But it's like 15 years later, when No Time to Die comes out, you're like, damn, like, I don't want to be bummed out when I left the theater. You know what I mean? And that's not no, their fault. That's unfortunate because of the times surrounding these films. So yeah, it's but like... The, so, so here's the thing. Like you, you can either acknowledge, acknowledge what's going on in the world. A lot of a lot of movies are made based on what's going on in the world, you know. Right. And the reality is, is that that's part of storytelling. You know, that is that's something that 
you look at things and it's it's just it's always good there's always going to be underlying message from what's going on in that current era that are going on i think what makes it difficult is bond has been one way for so long and now these tropes that has been a part of bond are now being challenged in our daily right. lives right. and so thus it creates this friction in you know just following you know his his character for who he is so i think I think the challenge becomes not only are you having to write a great story, you're having to adjust what has been written over time. I mean, if you go back and watch some of the early Connery films, you could never make a film like that nowadays. You just couldn't, you know, regardless if it was a 60s theme piece, you just couldn't. And, and right. unfortunately, if you're being true to what it is, like Quentin Tarantino is very good at this. He will write movies based on those eras and even though politically it would just make people's skin crawl mm -hmm. that is how it used to be and i think it that, should be yeah you should be able to make a film about whatever you want as you long as you're be. aware well of what you're doing and well there's another caveat to this it's not they're not just there to make films they're there to make money ultimately like a right. lot of people won't think about right. this but they are there to make money off of this shit and just saying like well fuck it like we'll just do what we want and put out a film that that's exactly what we want but it might not connect with everyone it's going to connect with certain people i think that's going to just alienate your fan base mm -hmm. so it is a very slippery slope i recognize that um i'm sure what i would want would not please a lot of people but i'm trying to embrace the the change of filmmaking nowadays and just kind of like hope that they focus more on the parts that people are there to see versus like, oh, well, you know, let's send a message or like, let's do this. Let's do that. It's like, no, just write the goddamn story mm -hmm. and fucking make the movie and make it good. Like, right. like, don't worry about like, like, oh, well, is this okay? Is this like, if you are just trying to make a good story and it all makes sense, then it should be fine. If you right. write good characters in regardless of their race or their color or whatever, it'll be a good movie. But you need to put the work in to do that. Right. You know? I mean, I, I agree with that completely. And and all that aside too, all the 60s, 70s, you know, old school bond versus new, new school bond. If, if No Time to Die, I personally think if No Time to Die came out before COVID, I don't think people would have been as upset with him getting killed off because you well, weren't just trapped inside for two years trying to escape all that bullshit exactly like everyone needed the good feel good and it was like we waited so long for this film and it's just like oh you know you're like looking for that that like oh like we need that moment of celebration and it's like no we didn't get it we got we got a really like to the core film and again i will say this till the day i die no time to die was written for non-bond fans 100 mm -hmm. yeah it was written as as a tragedy you know, that film was not a celebration. That film was the end of an era. You know, that He's was clearly in a Shakespeare mood, as we can tell. Yeah. <laughs> Macbeth. <laughs> I just, gay. you know, and it, that's why I always, that's why now I think No Time to Die makes Spectre a better film. For mm -hmm. me, it does. Definitely. It does. It does. It does. For a tr so Spectre was one for the Bond fans, and then No Time to Die was one for the non-Bond fans. So that means the next film should be one for the Bond fans. Yeah. So if we keep on this trend, I think we'll be all right. But uh, I, I agree with that in the sense where I think Spectre 
is the closest to a Mission Impossible type film that Craig did. Maybe a little bit of Skyfall in there, but Skyfall has got a pretty heavy story. I'm just saying if you're sticking to a formula, you've got the action, you've got the comedy. I always go back to the DB10 scene, mm-hmm. you know, when he's driving and all the different, you know, uh, Sinatra comes on or whatever. And all, you know what I mean? All that shit. Like there's different things. There's there's laughs. There's the, the Mickey Mouse thing, whatever. Yeah. That's old school Bond, right? The story, you know, you're right. Kyle's got a great point. The Spectre thing, you know, and that's not to go on a tangent, but that's, I think, also to your point, a huge indication that the story arc is a big fucking line of shit because you can't say you had this story arc plan when you didn't even have the rights to Spectre. You know what I mean? You didn't even know half the shit you were going to start. Yeah, they back were to trying to exist. tailor it to fit and it just didn't really yeah. take. And then so, you're like looking for this like epic ass performance from Christoph yeah. Waltz, which I think we had mentioned this on another episode, like, or at least I remember mentioning it is like, it's almost like you need to like treat it like he's the Joker and you need to make it more about him than it is about Bond. Enough mm-hmm that bond like shines through his heavy role and i think that if they would have went with that approach and would have went a little more sinister i think it would have been just like fantastic like i would have loved to see him kill a bunch of people like just make him this like horrible menacing person yeah you know well like shoot madeline in the face or some shit (laughs) i don't know like 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 something that you just would not expect from a bond film like with yeah. an, with a bad guy like let him be that guy that will cross the line yeah you know well then i not only do i agree with that but then there's another thing where you can kind of question the writing because heath ledger was only in dark knight for 33 minutes and he stole every single scene because you couldn't and turn away when he was fucking i know on the exactly because but Kristoff is just as good you know this guy yeah, came out of nowhere, won an Oscar, then won an Oscar again the next year. Like he's like two for three or something for nominations. So it's like the guy can do whatever you want him to do. So either make sure the writing's incredible so that when he is on the screen, you're like scared shitless like you are with Heath Ledger's Joker or like you said, make him the main part of the thing. But you know what? Let's wrap this up. I'm going to ask you a question here. Do you think we should do a part two and ask the followers and the listeners if they think Eon should pass the torch? Nah, fuck him. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> that one's for you guys. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, yeah. I, 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 I like when we do that because I feel like it gives other perspectives based on what we're talking about here. And it really gets the people that are listening to engage in what, their their emotions are their reaction is to what we're saying Mm -hmm. but participation is obviously a very big point of that so if you got something to say say it if you don't want to like answer like one of the stickers on the stories just dm one of us yeah like you literally write me a letter for all i care like i will definitely talk about it but again like it's i would love to i like people that disagree i like people that agree or like have something to add like it's just there's always something there. And I feel like when you do the stickers, if like, so this happened last time to me, I had responses and I didn't get to save them. And then two days went by and they were all gone. Right. So I'd almost prefer like the DM because it just, it's there. It's saved. 
I won't lose it. Yeah. So I just screenshot them. Best case scenario, shoot me an email. Mm-hmm. There's a link on my page. So just call like, me. Call, 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 me. call Lorenzo. His number is uh, 719. Um, so it's we'll do this too. <laughs> we'll do this. So you can do one of three things. Say you're with Luke and Luke is Eon. I hate to say it, but it's time. Or you're with Lorenzo, an injection of some new blood. Keep Barbara and Michael around. Just get some fresh ideas in there. Or if you have a third opinion, send it our way. So I know the Hoove will. So I'll just be waiting for that one to hit my inbox. <laughs> Hoove, <laughs> Hoove, just message me. You know what? Hoove, just, just send it over to Luke. Don't bother with me this time. You know, yeah. I have a bachelor party to plan. You know, maybe I'll get those names and numbers eventually. Who knows? So I've been three <laughs> weeks. Three weeks I've been waiting. That's all. Oh, man. He won't listen to me when I text him or he'll say, oh, yeah, I'll give them to you soon. So maybe if I say it on the podcast, he'll pay attention. And I'll make the music really fucking loud this time just to oh, really get so him going. Loud. Like, like right now, like just turn it up real loud. We're going to have Master of Puppets. Here it comes. <laughs> it's Just play the final countdown. <laughs> you should hit him with that. You know what? That's going to be the song today. Final countdown. Yeah, that'll be the end song. <laughs> oh, now we're doing two songs? Fuck yeah, sometimes I do. Maybe we should just do two songs. That way you can have one and I can have one. This is Burger King, baby. Okay. Let's have it our way. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Men's Warehouse. You're going to like the way you look. All right. I always like We're getting off the rails. We're getting off the rails. I love it. <laughs> this, is, this Budweiser's hitting right. Yeah. All right, guy. Well, thanks for entertaining my uh, my shitstorm today. And th- a good episode with, with, some, with some disagreements in there. That's rare. I don't think it's rare. I just think it's good to, I think it's healthy to like play devil's advocate sometimes. Yeah. Especially since I know when we get off this call, you could be like, oh, I agree with you completely. Fuck those guys. (laughs) 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 All right, guy. (laughs) All right, brother. Always a pleasure. Thank you guys for listening. Catch you on the next one.